Yeah. Did you guys have meatballs for Thanksgiving? Uh, it was vegan, so we called them neat balls. Neat balls. Yeah, which is just it's rice, beef, onion, um, and that's it. But yeah, I thought it was vegan. It is. Okay. I thought <laughs> maybe it was like meatballs without ice, just like a meatball in a cup. Neat meatballs. Uh, I guess. Oh, <laughs> bingo! Fucking boring. <laughs> That was really good. There's no Thanks, way buddy. that's not the intro. Thanks. Let's talk about Thanksgiving. Ikea neat balls. Yeah. <clears throat> They're right by the Ikea Benoit balls, which don't get confused because those are also very neat. Yes. Very neat. Yeah. Um, but their name. The thing about Benoit. Benoit balls is you, you say the word and it sounds like something you could put anywhere inside your body. The Ikea name is all sharp points. Yeah. When you yep. say it out, you know, it almost sounds like a, an onomatopoeia or something like. <clears throat> Whoa. <laughs> you know, like you got to like, it's just like ball after ball, you know, it's, well, it's. Yeah. yeah. You have to yeah. say Benoit to get him in. You're like, you have to open your mouth real wide. Yawn. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you like that one. <laughs> I like that one a lot. <laughs> There's no way that's not the intro. <laughs> no, it's got to be the thing about meatballs. grateful for both of you which is our great segue into um <clears throat> a thanksgiving episode of this podcast that we do right oh. welcome in wonderful listeners young and old male female and friends beyond the binary it is a comics place presents a perfectly acceptable podcast thanksgiving edition turkey benoit ball meat 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 mashed potatoes that's right. This is a comic book podcast. It's a perfectly accessible comic book podcast run by three buddies who run a comic shop in Bellingham, Washington. We read a ton of the comics that come out every week, and then we come here to talk about them and engage in a variety of tangents, either related to or unrelated to the books that we read, the comic shop that we run, or the comings and goings of our lives. This week, all Thanksgiving, all the time. I'm Jeff, and I'm grateful for these two lugs here. I'm Django, and I'm grateful for us, too. I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And Roman. I didn't realize that Peel had done a sequel to us. Ah, yeah. That's why people show up. Yeah. That's why they show up is for this humor. All right. You have like a laugh track you can put in there? I don't need one. <laughs> this is episode two. are going to be chuckling in their cars this or in their baths. You can hear chortles all the way from downtown. This Hither is episode 294, the, the hithering, yawning march to 300, as we've all affectionately been referring to it. Hithering and yawning back and forth the countryside like a hobbit's tail. But this week, we've got something very important to discuss. Uh, it's an email from Will Elmer. Oh, Will. Hey, Will. Hello, and happy episode 294. Hello. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving with loved ones. We are all <clears throat> thankful for you. Thank you. 
Now that the holidays are officially upon us, what do you do or plan on doing to get yourselves in the spirit of the season? Is there a favorite X-Men movie or special you like to watch, or do you just prefer to dress up and run around downtown like Krampus? Turn up the cheer. Love you guys. Have an awesome holiday season. Will, P.S. Sorry about that horrible Spawn-related question last week. Must have been <laughs> off my game since I don't remember asking it. Um, a little behind part in the kimono, my friends. That was a Django original. Or I don't know. Andrew wrong. edited it, so it sounded like <clears throat> it wasn't. Yeah, I know. He's good. <laughs> um things that we do to get in the holiday spirit well one thing that we are going to do this year is take three weeks off of the podcast to have a little Ooh, extra yeah. time and space which is uh just wanted to announce that uh we were just looking at a calendar i've lost that calendar now um so but... we're gonna take uh the last two weeks of december and the first monday in january off from the podcast so that'll be the 19th 26th and second nope nope new comic podcast for you no new on the last two of december and the first of january no new we're on the last be... two is the hashtag if you want to tweet about it yeah yeah feel free to tweet about it we're gonna get trending no new on the last two uh roman's big on the hashtags roman you did a little christmas thing <clears throat> last night that got you in the mood didn't it oh i thought you said he was going to jail for it no no <laughs> that, we don't that, talk that, about those yeah that was a different thing um yeah it was actually the first thing that's started to get me in the mood for the holidays i watched the um guardians of the galaxy holiday special which is surprisingly sweet and touching and christmasy how long is it uh an hour maybe oh less than an hour thing yeah yeah it's it's it's, yeah it's a christmas special kevin bacon's in it and he's charming as all get out oh i love the bacon yeah i saw that that just came out within the last couple of days yeah 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 it was Um, a lot of fun Jenga, what do you do to uh, make people feel bad about Christmas? Nothing. Nothing. I uh, encourage everyone to feel good about Christmas. I don't see Christmas I, at all. It doesn't look like anything to me. Uh, <laughs> I would say the two things that I do around this time of year is figure out how to do a Krampus walk. So we'll dress up like Krampus uh, on Saturday the 10th and go terrorize downtown and tip double at all the bars we go to. Uh, and... I also realized a couple of days ago that I was tearing apart the house looking for my Deadpool Christmas sweater, which I've worn like hmm. the last six Christmases in a row. Yeah. And it smells it's like body odor. It. It's got a hole. It's held together with like 20 sided dice pins along the bottom. Yeah, and it smells yeah, like body yeah. odor. So uh, maybe I'll wash it this year. I don't know. It's kind of my lucky sweater. Is it? Well, I don't know. Well, I'll wash it and we'll find out. Oh, I don't, I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Well, I don't know, Jeff. It's my favorite sweater, I suppose. <clears throat> what do you do, uh, like, other than <clears throat> existing in the world? Yeah, I mean, I love, love, love Christmas, but I also <clears throat> can get pretty busy, as we all do, especially work in retail, and it's easy to kind of get blind to it, which I, I had last year. I kind of didn't slow down. What the hell was that? Jesus, there's a gremlins. <laughs> um, I, I, sorry, uh, boys. I was burping. I didn't... Uh, <clears throat> do much of it last year so actually colette like went out of her way and did me a huge solid and kind of like made sure i've got the four days before christmas off also the way that it fell this year um actually the schedule kind of leaned for that um so i'll just kind of like full halt to my life at that point and just be hanging out with sam watching movies i think probably except for the initial order and the focs which sure you'll want to make sure sure. you do on the day they're due which is probably christmas day yeah because they love us um but i mean i so i'm bad at like moving the world around me to facilitate a feeling or something but i am very very lucky because i love christmas and i love christmas decorations and sam is like 
amazing at decorating a home. So our tree is up. We've got stockings everywhere, lights everywhere, garland everywhere. Like things, it's it is a veritable Christmas wonderland in my living room right now. So I would say I'm starting to get there already. But we and we watch a lot of a lot of movies. I don't love watching the same things over and over again. Sam does like Halloween, Christmas. We watch a lot of the same things, and I'm like. There's a lot of things I haven't seen yet that I do want to see. I don't really want to watch a movie I've already seen a lot, but Muppets Christmas Carol is up there. When you say you have stockings everywhere, yeah, does that imply that you fill them mm-hmm. or that someone fills them? We've got four tiny ones that have all of our initials on them that live in the house, including like Rocky and Merle. And we, I put things in there and then Sam and I have our childhood stockings and we put things in there and then we have other stockings that probably won't get filled. But yeah, Santa's generally been pretty good to us in terms of showing yes. up and getting us stuff. Right on, man. And this year, I'm very excited because William Elmer uh, ordered for himself an advent calendar that has 25 days of whiskey that you open oh, every yeah. single day with tasting notes and all this stuff. Very excited to start all of my days off with that this year. So I didn't get one of those, but I was thinking of just getting some uh, like Monarch whiskey and trying to keep up with mm. you guys. You should. Each that morning. would be a lot cheaper than the $250 I spent on this fucking calendar. <laughs> Yours is probably really nice whiskey. Yeah. I heard it's all Wyoming whiskey. Ah, <laughs> you should be so lucky. Uh, thanks for the email, Will. You guys can send us emails as well. We really appreciate them. After we're gone for a couple of weeks, if <laughs> as we're gone for a couple of weeks, you could uh, <laughs> maybe start to miss us or miss the time that you spend with us. And if you think, I wonder what those guys are doing. You could just send an email and it's like, hey, what are you guys doing? How was your Christmas? Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah. Did you wash your sweater? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I might not tell you. I saw World of Wakanda. You could talk to me about that. I saw Black Adam. We could talk about that. I saw the Halloween. Sorry, I I watched the Christmas special for Guardians of the Galaxy. We could talk about that. I haven't done that one yet. You saw both of the Black X superheroes this week? Yeah. Hmm. No, I mean, I saw Black Adam a while ago. but Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to talk comics in this year joint? That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. That and to just be around the two of you because uh, Django and I are joined at the hip generally, but I haven't really seen him for more than 30 seconds in like five days. So last time you saw me, I believe I had an amazing uh, uh, an amazing Spider-Man one in my hands. You did. And I came up and hugged you. Yeah. 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 That was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I like a hug. I would say I'm yeah. good at them. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Django, I'm going to be honest with you. I have some low scores this week. So is there anything you can do? Can you start me off strong, pull me out of the doldrum? What was your highest score of the week, do you think? My highest score of the week. It was kind of a weird week of comics, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I got a couple that I think I would give pretty high scores, but the highest should be no surprise to anybody. Human target number nine. Human target number nine. Nice. By, uh, Tom King and Greg Smallwood. This is the ninth day of our protagonist being poisoned. He's only got three days to live after this. And he spends this entire day thinking that he's probably on the run from Batman. Dude, and it just goes so through good. his paranoia and the shit that he does because he thinks that Batman is after him is pretty crazy. And I, I love that take on just how scary Batman can be. Like criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. But this guy is not really cowardly or superstitious, but he's still scared as shit of Batman. He did a bad boy thing, and he knows that uh, yeah. there's a guy who's smarter and more equipped than him. Yeah, I I love the insight into someone who knows Batman <clears throat> in the way that you would be terrified of that looming thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it starts with his death. Like, 
he's asleep and he dies and ice revives him and brings him to uh dr midnight who fixes him in the justice league uh the hall of justice or wherever the justice league is i guess they're probably in a cave still at this point um and then the the sweetest part of that is that she brings him his flask to mm-hmm. keep drinking from which mm-hmm. i thought was pretty funny um and then he he they, they go on the run and he meets a guy in a diner who he thinks is probably matches malone yeah which <laughs> Like, how cool is it that this this detective knows who matches Malone is, <laughs> right? Like, he knows that Batman has a secret identity, and he's like, yeah, this, this is probably him. And uh, when the dude punches him, he's kind of just so paranoid that he doesn't even realize that uh, the guy punched him, and it wasn't hard enough to be a Batman punch. So he fights back. Um, yeah, man, this comic <clears throat> is just so good. I love that. Uh, he, you know, he wants to be in the middle of the desert so we can see everything from a several mile radius. So they're out in the mm-hmm. desert so we can see Batman approaching and ice makes this whole ice house for them. Yeah. It's got to be very, very cold. But I'm thinking they're in the middle of the desert. So it's probably kind of nice, although deserts get cold in the middle of the night. So he's probably really cold. Did you notice that when he breathes, he has steam coming out of his mouth and she yeah. doesn't? Yeah. When they're in that ice house, it's there's there's so much attention to detail here. And Where, then are the... you still loving this thing? I am. The only thing I didn't understand of this issue is why does ice cause him to crash? Um, I think it's because she answered like, to. Oh, does he? I thought it was just that she was frustrated. He wasn't giving her any answers. And she essentially needed, like, pulled him over, you know? I guess is what yeah, I interpreted right. it as. You're totally right. But yep. Okay. I just thought it was a little severe because she could have killed him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to die anyway. No, that's was, true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was a blind spot to me that she didn't know that he was poisoned and dying. I just assumed yeah. she knew that. Yeah, I thought she knew that. Yeah, and if she doesn't know that, then that changes a lot of what I would have expected her uh, relationship to him to be. Yeah, especially like if she's that femme fatale figure, you know, it seemed like she would have been in on the poisoning or know about it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I guess the fact that we're nine issues in and still don't know her motivation with all of this or like, yeah. do we just trust it? Or are we making ourselves think that there's going to be a twist again in that Tom King way? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the twist is at the end of this issue, right? Well, yeah. So let's talk about that. The twist is that Guy Gardner isn't dead. Is that right? That's what spoilers. he says. This whole episode's got spoilers. We got we spoil the books. Yeah, he says uh, like he thinks that the reason Batman left them alone is because he knows that Guy Gardner isn't dead. That was a pretty definitive death. I thought so when too. I read he was that. ice and then cracked <clears throat> up. So I wonder if there's a way to get somebody back together or get their water melted and then I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is it Plastic Man? Is it oh. uh, one of the Wonder Twins, maybe, oh. uh, in some sort of disguise? Like, it'll be really interesting to see how they how they pulled that off. Yeah, but it's a, was, was yeah. it just an ice? Did Ice just create a Guy Gardner sculpture that she tricked him with? Well, but he knows that it was that Guy's still alive. And I it like. Looks yeah. like she doesn't. Unless that's part of his paranoia caused Ooh. by the poison. Oh, okay. Guy actually is dead. I just Mm -hmm. thought there was a well-paced issue, but also a great spot in the series. You know, we've got three issues left. So this is halfway through the second half. And we get this kind of last issue we're talking about. Like, like, what is the mystery here? Like, Mm -hmm. we know who poisoned him. You know, we've covered the like the murder. Um, So I I like this. Like, okay, it it gave me more of an idea of where we're headed in the final three issues of this series, or at least what the mysteries are. Yeah, we maybe know now that the mystery isn't solved. He's just pretending that it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If Guy's not dead. I was thinking he set that up with Guy okay. to reveal oh. something if Guy's not dead. He could pretend to be dead. The human target could. Yep. Yep. You know, yeah. I don't know. Wow. Uh, 9.5. 9.5. I'm going to go 8.5. Yeah. 
yeah. How come? Um, because not so much happened in it. I mean, I liked the paranoia stuff mm-hmm. and that insight into Batman. But <clears throat> between this issue and the last issue, I think it's an in- interesting insight into this guy's last couple of days. Um, but um, it's just uh, it's a great comic, great issue, but it's not one of the high ones for me. It doesn't have, didn't have like the art pages that like the previous issue did of those amazing like shots in the sky and stuff. Like, also, I do think we're so lucky that we're getting this much uh, Greg Smallwood art. I think it's incredible. Um, yeah, but worth that wait. Yeah, it was just uh, I mean, I don't want to say confusing, but it was an interesting. I don't know. Eight point five. Yeah, that, there's a yeah, good page of him driving, looking like Cary Grant or something, like an old, yeah, old movie yeah. star. Yeah, I really like. What was yours? I really like the uh, the ice effects in the desert, mm-hmm. and overall in this series, I really like that ice is is so powerful and um, and effective because I don't think we've ever seen her be just this good at her powers. I mean, she's she's up there with you know Iceman and the X Men. I mean, she's really powerful. And we've never seen that, so that's cool. Yeah. I think also um, like, oh, sorry. Yeah. What was your score? Oh, I gave it a nine. Nice. I think also like, it's no surprise. Crime noir, even at its best, not my absolute favorite genre, you know? So like, I feel like you guys could probably just swim in this <coughs> genre and vibe for quite a while and just be too, so, totally into it. And if this yeah. was like, you know, it, there are worlds for me that would be very, very similar, but as it's not my favorite type of story i mean but it's a tom king story which is arguably my favorite type of story but anyway it's 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 up there i think the lowest issues are 8.5s for me yeah i haven't sat down and read a tom king book start to finish yet me neither like i've read them all issue by issue i I guess i read vision um all by itself but i haven't read them issue by issue and then gone back to read one oh sure kind of curious to see how that would go yeah um one last thing about the art, this page where they're just sitting in the car and he tells her that he's dying. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, even with uh, Mitch Garrett's or somebody, you would see the same panel right. three times there, but it's different panels. Like his jacket has different folds and it's not like the hair isn't just changed. It looks like he actually drew a lot of it again, which is pretty awesome. It is awesome. I'm I'm curious like how quick this guy's art comes around because it's he's doing a pretty great job of staying on schedule except for the little hiatus in the middle, but that was a really logical yeah. spot. But like, uh, kind of like Marco Chiquetto and some other artists where I'm just like, it's stunning that you seem to be able to get a monthly book out like consistently. Yeah. yeah. Um, professionals yeah. real, real nice art. Can I talk to you guys about a book that also had really, really nice art? Yeah. Was it Parker girls? No, I haven't read that yet this week. Oh, Jesus. Um, I'm actually behind on that series. Uh, it is Dr. Strange. Mm. Fall Sunrise. Roman, did you read this one? I certainly did. This is written and drawn by uh, somebody we love, Trad Moore, and then colors by Heather Moore. Super cool that probably they're a married team that does art together. I love when that happens. This book, I was probably the most excited about this book of all the books that were coming out this week. I like Doctor Strange pretty good, but I love Trad Moore. And the most recent thing I'd remembered like seeing his art in regularly was that Silver Surfer Black series written by yep. Donny Cates. And that was incredible. <clears throat> so I was really excited for that. But this one is largely Doctor Strange plotting through uh like psychic dream space that's like, is he dead? Is he not dead? And I, I found 
it very difficult at any point to feel like I understood what was going on. And not that you need to have that, but particularly the thing that was coming up in my head was like, man, this feels like the kind of book that like Django talks about particularly not liking. And at times Mm -hmm. I can like them more, but I didn't love this one. I don't know if it's, if we're rubbing off on each other, Django. Not right now. We're in different rooms. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I was I was like, okay. So Rowan, I'm curious, what did you think about this one? Like you, I think of as more comfortable existing in liminal space than I am. <clears throat> well, it's funny. I'm real curious what our, what Fox thinks of it because it's very much um, like some of his favorite Doctor Strange stuff from the 70s that was very kind of psychedelic with the the talking caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland and some drug references and things. Fox right in. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's, it was interesting. I was glad to see it start off. Cause I was like, why is there a new Dr. Strange series? He's dead. And I was happy to see that. Okay. It starts off. And yes, this is after he's died and we don't know what this realm is. If he's in purgatory or limbo or what the deal is, but he's journeying somewhere and it's is philosophical. Still, and Is he still dead from the death of Dr. Strange miniseries? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah. and then the lady's been Doctor Strange since then. Okay, okay. Yeah, Clea's the Sorcerer Supreme right now. Um, and yeah, it was. There's a lot of beautiful art in here, but there's also a lot of uh, panels that are too small and too busy where I couldn't decipher what exactly the action was because there's just so much color and it's so small and it's this needs to be blown up into mm-hmm. like the hardcover t- tabloid size that Silver Surfer Black. That's clearly their in. plan, right? Yeah, I bet they will. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah, some of this I just kind of gave up and skipped past that panel because I was like, okay, I, that's making my eyes hurt. It felt Which isn't th- sort of a lot of the writing was just sort of like waxing philosophical while drawing these amazing images. Like, yeah, there's there's some okay poetry in here and just some weird, it's a very symbolic, surrealistic story. That said, the art is incredible, right? Yes. It is. It is. It just needs to be expanded. Mm-hmm. I read it and I hated the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I, it was unreadable, but the art is gorgeous. And I would absolutely own that just for the art. I'm curious. Will you keep reading it, Django or keep looking I'll, at I'll it? I'll keep looking through it. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Defenders Beyond, which I, mm-hmm. I don't hate that story. It's just it's too cosmic and heady for me, but I really yeah. enjoy the art. So I usually I usually go through it page by page when it comes in. There's some, yeah. there's some of this. I was like, well, why is why is chapter two called Genevieve? Who's Genevieve? We don't meet a lady named Genevieve. Yeah. That's, yeah. What's that reference? I don't. Is it a reference? I don't know. Again, the art is incredible. And this is going to sound harsh and I probably don't mean it, but I think I prefer his art tied to a writer that Mm. is thinking about his art style and is in the story. You know, like I think when Tradmore can kind of go, this writing kind of reminds me of the art itself, like prosy and all over the place and doesn't care if you exactly understand visually or analytically what it's saying because it's gorgeous. You know, like it's the art is a poem. Yeah, yeah. And but then it's also very much like I don't particularly like Doctor Strange stories. And I've just I've said that a bunch on the podcast. Yeah. I, I haven't really ever encountered some that I like a lot. So I was ex- excited for this one to possibly be that one. Um, definitely the best looking I've ever seen. I'm curious if to solve the mystery of the uh, so when Doctor Strange dies, all of a sudden he's got this long flowing locks. 
I just I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a brown beard and long hair again. That's what I want. Yeah. If I'm going to the afterlife, I want I want to be hairy. That A cover is pretty weird, though. I do like that he consistently draws his fingers as like munched up, like he couldn't do surgery anymore. But like those arms and hands are quite the weird uh, proportion on the cover. I love that guy's art so much. Yeah. You know, there's a panel in that chapter two where it shows a long shot of the forest, and there seems to be a giant forested long-haired body rising up from the forest floor on all fours. I don't know if that's Genevieve. It's the only time we see that figure. I don't. Well, it seemed like the by the end, we were maybe getting towards something that was a story rather than a poem. Right. I agree. I yeah. agree. We were wandering aimlessly like he is in this realm, and then we did stumble into a narrative. I, I agree. Yeah. That's a good point, Django. Hopefully yeah. that sticks. Because um, I, I would... I wish I liked this more, because it is... So Me cool too. looking. And what was the what was the book that he drew? New World. Yeah. That was one of my favorite comics that we've read. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Was that the Green Lantern thing? No, it was uh, that romance written by Alish Ka in the future with like the hacker boy oh. and then the bounty hunter yeah. girl. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I guess my question is, what are you guys scoring this? Because it's incredibly gorgeous, but I didn't love reading it. I'm going to give it a seven. And uh, that is entirely based on the art. Um, I gave Plus, you a... get two points just for publishing a comic at all. Yeah, exactly. Always, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Garfield Grumpy Cat. Sorry, Roman, uh, I cut you off. No, no, that's fine. Um, uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5. Nice. So solely for the art, that awesome, weird neck morphine tiger thing is beautiful. Is have... Morphine? Yeah, morphine. morphine. Yeah, like, like the mighty, mighty morphine Power Rangers. Mighty yeah. morphine Power Rangers. They were all <laughs> opioid addicts. Um, yeah, there's that G. I had it written as an eight. I am really torn between a seven and a half and an eight. Uh, oh, be generous. It's the holidays. Yeah, you're right. It's an eight. And I am <laughs> thankful for this comic. And I'm thankful for you, precious, precious boys. I'm the precious. Um, Roman, what's on the top of your pops? Um, Not your dad. Like the. Well, human target was. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what's next? What's next? Um, I've got one that I liked a lot that I'd like to hear your thoughts oh, on. Was it oh, Batman Fortress number seven? No, no. <laughs> I do have a Batman that was I, I scored pretty high, but that's actually from last week. And you guys already talked about it. Oh, was it the Mr. Freeze one? No, the Dark Crisis World Without a Justice League Batman number oh, one from yeah, last that, week. That was real good. <laughs> I, I finally oh, read it this week. Yeah. 8.7. Nice. Well, Roman, I have a take and I want to see where you fall with mm, this take of mine. OK, is it a hot take? Not really. No, Um. I really liked Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 14, which is not a hot take at all. I gave it a 9.0. It was my favorite comic of the week. Even with that terrible cover? Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of like the, t- the cover, actually. Uh, I like I like the colors of his costume. It's just yeah. his lower half is like foreshortening, like all of a sudden he forgot yeah. how to do it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, this book takes place in four chapters, each with a different artist and each like one's fall, winter, spring, summer. And it follows a year in the life of Ben Riley after what had happened with Spider-Man Beyond in that previous run. And because that starred Ben Riley and all of his memories have been taken from him at the end of that. So he all he really remembers his name is Ben and he hates hates Peter because he blames Peter for having taken all those memories from him. But I do think he understands that he's a clone, but he doesn't really have any memories. And he's with a girl. I don't know who this girl is, but I 
I just thought that they did a really great job of in an issue covering a year long span and making everyone understand and kind of get on board with the idea that Ben hates Peter and wants to take everything from him. And I think they built that up really, really well. And it made it feel like it's been happening for a while, even though it hasn't been happening for a while. So in terms of like villain introductions or kind of getting a backstory and motivation, I thought this did a really great job. One of the quarters was drawn by Kyle Hotz, and that's amazing yeah. art. Yeah. Uh, and then you get one by Stegman, I believe. Yeah. And then there's one by the Dodsons, and I don't like the Dodsons at all. But um, yeah, I I really like this. He's a clone. He goes to Madame Pryor, you know, Madeline Pryor, rather. She's a clone also, so there's just kind of like clean, clone stuff. And I know that we're all sick of clone stuff, but I think that I think it's really interesting actually story the idea of somebody sharing their entire life and then who gets to have that life and then what you do with the residual memories that you've got and what kind of exists between those two people i think there's some really cool stories to be written there and it seems like they really haven't quite done it that well but i liked it a lot so i'm curious what you thought about it because i had a i have a feeling that again i'm always in love with the spider-man book so uh where, where were you with it as another spider fan I liked it a lot too. It it surprised me. I mean, well, I mean, one of the surprises being that it's Madeline Pryor, Goblin Queen, because when they announced this, I thought, oh, it's that new character also called Goblin Queen. But no, it's it's uh, Cyclops's ex-wife. <laughs> um, and this was this was co- cool. I you know I don't really care about Ben Riley, but and at first I was like, oh come on, you're going to make him into a villain that hates Peter? That's not very original. But you know what else are you going to do with Ben Riley? I mean, he's, and, he, he's failed like multiple times as being an interesting superhero. So, and I, I agree, he's not an interesting superhero. So, like, this falls into that category of like Jason Todd when he's a villain. Like, I love that, and I'm bummed that he became an antihero. I, mm-hmm. I think that, like, as a villain and Batman's greatest failure, he's a way more powerful character. So, I think yeah. Ben Riley, as this person who has this shared, you know, like, is in love with. Mary Jane and Gwen Stacy and loves Aunt May and and Uncle Ben and all of that stuff. But then to feel like none of that is his um, and that Peter took all of that now that his memories are gone. I I think it makes sense. And I I think I hope that they don't have him go back to being like a a hero. Like I would love I think there's a lot to be mined there with him being a bad villain. Yeah. Yeah. And and a tragic villain. Having his memories Mm -hmm. taken again and he's so his brain has been violated so much. Yeah. Um. I like his new is I forget what he calls himself now, but his new costume is pretty cool, pretty yeah. silly because it's all purple and green. And, and, I, and, I don't, and I don't know what kind of spider that is on his is that a camel spider. I don't know. On his I don't chest. know. It's got like <laughs> seven arms and legs on each side. No, oh, it's yeah. got five. Never mind. But yeah, chasm. That's a. I mean, I, I get why they call why he calls himself that, but it's that's a bad spider but name. Why <laughs> does he call himself that? Because at the end of all that beyond stuff, all of his memories and everything was taken from him. So he's just kind of like a blank void. Uh, he just remembers that he is like a oh, clone. Okay. And that ah, he said to call himself Spider Void. Mm. <laughs> or just be... Void. Yeah, I think or that's a memory done, hole. But... Yeah, Ooh, except like there's that. already wasn't the Void, the uh, Robert, Robert Riot Reynolds, uh, the 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 oh, the super the Superman analog that they had in the Marvel Universe for a long time, the Sentry. Oh, yeah, I guess I was thinking of the Domino's character, the uh, avoid the, the avoid the void. Yeah, the Noid. Yeah, the void. The Noid. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're a Noid. Will, 
Will's rolling around in his grave. Um, boy, boy, yeah, you know, I agree. I didn't like the Dotsons segment here, except that I like the uh, the look and the name they came up with um, for Ben's girlfriend. Now she's mm-hmm. a super powered character, mm-hmm. mystically powered. Hallow's Eve, sweet. Yeah, and I kind of thought that like she was given that mask, and maybe it was gonna like make her a goblin, like a goblin goblin, like uh, yeah, goblin, that's what it looked goblin. like. <laughs> yeah, and I got excited by that. Yeah, you know I love goblins. Anyway, I gave it a 9.0. I'm curious what you gave it. And uh, we don't need to spend more time talking about this book that I've talked forever about over and over again. I gave it an I gave it a eight. Nice. Django, where are you taking us? Well, I want to take town. We're already there, Roman. Come Mm -hmm. on. Uh, I wanted to take you guys on a little journey to a sequel comic book. Oh, you read it, Jeff. I, I did. I hope you read this. I'm sure Roman read Ronin book two, number oh, one yes. by Frank Miller and Philip Tan and importantly published by Dan Didio. FMP. Yeah. Um, so this is allegedly a sequel to Frank Miller's Ronin from what, like 1986, 87, probably. I've never read that. Um, I put it on our shelf next to this this week just so people would have a frame of reference. The art in that Ronin is very different from the art in this. The art in that looks like it's built out of little burp bubbles, kind of Mm -hmm. like everything's muddy. It all looks like uh, Batman fighting the King of the Mutants. Yeah. Um, And this has a a much more modern feel, but the layouts and something about the, the way that the coloring, yeah, this, this black and white comic has like gray shading in it. Um, is translated looks a lot like Frank Miller to me. And I found some pictures online of Frank Miller's layouts for these pages. No, nice. And, uh, I don't know why they didn't just, just ink those like they're, they're pretty complete pencils. They should have put that as back matter in this. That's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Um, anyway, I thought this was a pretty light on story. It's just like a woman with a kid in a bucket on her back fighting a devil who, just keeps calling her whore because that's the only insult Frank Miller apparently knows. Yeah. And, uh, and then the kid gets magically really good at sword fighting and crawls inside the demon's mouth and stabs it in the throat. And I thought that part was really cool. Um, I, I didn't expect that kid to start being anything other than a kind of a liability to this woman. Um, yeah. And the, like the widescreen full panel page turning nature of the, the battle scene I thought was really Is good. Is every page double page spread in this? Um, not every page. Yeah. Close Most to it, of them are, but some of them have panels in them. And yeah, by the time yeah, you get to the free, fight, oh, yeah. when you get to the fight, it's just like splash page after splash page after splash page. Yeah. It's gorgeous. I've never, never noticed Philip Tan, I guess. And I, I think he's been around for a while and Long just had time. an art style that I've never really glommed onto. Kind of, he belongs in the early image era yep. in my Jim mind. Jim Lee 90s is what it looks like to me. Yeah. I think he did that stuff. I think he did 90s X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he did. But this is this is a level up from that. A serious level up, I think. Yeah. Um, so like story, a five, art, a nine. Roman, where are you on it? Um, it really <laughs> I don't know if Frank Miller's in the manga, but this I'm guessing he is because this sure reading it, I was like, you know, this is cool, but I've seen all this in manga before, you know, giant hideous scary monsters and and i ended up feeling like you know in a in a manga this whole issue would have taken like three pages um even the thing with the kid on the woman's back i was like okay you're doing lone wolf and cub 
a variation on that, <laughs> um, <laughs> which he loves. Uh, I thought it was okay. I like Philip Tan's art. He does do a good kind of um, in the wheelhouse of Frank Miller there. It's, it's, I don't know what it has to do really with the original Ronin, which, you know, I read a couple of times, but, you know, 15, 20 years ago. I'd so like really, to read it, but I've never read it. I remember it was a good read and the art is really cool. The little inset panels within panels thing was was fresh and new back then um and i think this woman i think it says something about she was either his created based on him or maybe was his girlfriend in that series and the original Roman. i don't know i think that's the connection but it was fine i, I had no recollection of the story before and i i thought it read pretty well yeah i really like these beautiful dragonflies there's an attack by something I forget what it is, but it's a t- it's, it's a couple page spreads, and I was just kept on thinking, oh, the Christmas garlands are coming to life, attacking them. And oh yeah, but that's not what it is. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that stuff. Um, I liked the art in the way that I like looking at Jim Lee's uncolored art, and I can mm-hmm. see how good he is at it. But I don't like his art trying to follow it very much uncolored and i get why it's black and white because ronin was black and white right no yeah oh it, was, no, it wasn't. wasn't no it was it was color so in that case i feel like this could have used color for sure because with the size of this monster and the perspectives that he like the frank miller you know perspectives the layouts are kind of hard to grok and when there's so much white and like 90s hashing everywhere mm-hmm. um I, I found it visually kind of hard to parse also like you're kind of so close it's like that complaint i have about simone de mayo where like you're when you're so close the camera is so close it's just kind of like at times glory shots with a bunch of white background and some stuff in the foreground mm-hmm. um but i think it is really cool looking i also don't like you know the whole like samurai with the kids story that isn't a lot of things like i don't particularly care for that story so like i like that it was paced so quick um, but, it, you know, like the story was also like Frank Miller's stories of the last like 10 years where you don't really know what's going on because like yeah. his writing is so weird. I think it's I, I think it's cool that this legacy of this story exists. I think it's cool that they're trying to kind of do some stuff with the art that feels like Frank Miller. But as I was reading it, I felt a little like, what if Bob Dylan couldn't sing anymore? And so he was just like <laughs> telling people the melodies and lyrics of songs and having them do it, you know, like, would we want that? Um, and this kind of felt like that to me of like, I've got this story, but I can't draw anymore and I can kind of write, but you go do this. And it's like, well, but I really like your art. Like the Frank Miller art is my drive for seeing Frank Miller's stuff. But um, yeah, so my score's not super high, but I did, I, you know, I gave it a 7.0. Oh, that was higher than mine. I gave it a six. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think the story is, is not great or original, but I think the art is cool to look at, but I don't, I don't necessarily look forward to understanding the art in every issue of it. Yeah. I give it a seven and a half. I, I like the art enough to, to bump it up. Uh, not as drastically as, uh, as the Dr. Strange book, but yeah, some of these pages just really floored me that the negative space and the, the blocking and the action, you know, like the, the, yeah, I just I just love them. You're you're totally right. Some color would help it a lot. And um, I don't love negative space in general. Like I complain about white backgrounds and stuff in comics a lot. Which is, oh, I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't mean that. I mean like her shirt and stuff. her shirt is just solid white, and I I like that effect. Yes, yeah. I don't like that much white in my comics. Oh, bud. Mm. Uh-huh. Mm. Um, 
but I am, you know, it's super interesting that it came out. I, I didn't read ancient enemies. That's the other one that came out from Frank Miller press. You guys, how was it? Tell me about it. At least I thought about going right into that one after this one. Cause I was like, I could use some color, but then I flipped through it and I was like, no, this is a Dan Didio book. I read Dan Didio books. I know about these. The art's not great. And uh, he's, he's good at classic comic book, you know, eighties comic book storytelling. I like Dan Didio as a person. That's my whole review. I've liked some of his uh, DC comic book writing, but this boy, it, uh, I'm glad I was standing up. I was at my other job and I was, I have to stand and I'm glad I was standing up reading it. Cause otherwise, <laughs> yeah, I would have nodded off. <laughs> okay. There's, there's, oh, I don't know. There's so many. Is it story- one story? Is it an anthology? What What it's, is it about it's, roughly? It's one story. Um, it's one story. It's going to be continued. Um, and it's just usual cliched stuff. There's a couple, oh, there's two representatives of some ancient cosmic races going to meet on earth and fight each other. And there's been a big disaster that's already happened. And there's some superheroes and they're at odds. Um, And I don't know if this was edited, partially written, you know, like a plugging in a plot into a computer program. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's, there's obvious words missing in sentences on various pages. It's like, wait a minute, that's huh. not grammatically correct. What <laughs> what happened here? Um, well, the barcodes weren't right. One of them wasn't colored. The <laughs> the prices weren't included on the books. Um, oh. oh yeah. So yeah, the barcodes weren't right in two ways, which is amazing. Like, well done, guys. You've you've really shit yourselves. Mm. Um, yeah, I I didn't. I got about halfway through it and tapped out. I realized I'm going to die someday, and I could I could take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Django just sent a nice like sort of comparative Frank Miller layouts to what it came out as. I think it's super interesting. I wish they would have included more of these in the pages. I think I would have preferred Frank Miller's art, but you know when Ronan, sorry, we're talking about Ronan back there, but when Ronan came out, wasn't it kind of an unpopular style? Like he was kind of going into like a, almost like a metamorphosis stage where he was kind of moving away from a style and kind of doing a thing that kind of led to what his style became. Yeah, I think it was like that was the first time he got weird and graphic after like, like there were maybe two Daredevil covers that had a similar ink line to them. Yeah, and it's so chunky. Yeah, it's weird. Everything looks like it's covered in in lumps of mud. Yeah, potato or cancer people. or something. Yeah. Tumos. Tumos. Um, ancient alien scores, guys. I also really like Dan Diddy as a person. I think that like that man loves comic books. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As much as anyone in the industry. I think he's like that Jeff Johns level of loving comics. I, uh, I'm i going to give it an incomplete. Nice. I gave it, well, my lowest score I've given in a long time. I gave it a four. Yowza. Daniel. Yeah. And he is, he is a nice guy. First one time I met him, we talked about Plastic Man, and, and he was excited about Plastic Man as I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh ed gotten uh ordered a special variant this week room and kind of boosted some orders to get it uh and it was a variant one in 25 for dc versus vampires and it was this horrific image of like plastic man like being plastic but like having these giant demon teeth and being consumed by them all like and i wanted you to take it home uh but then somebody ordered it immediately so oh that's just how wow. it was. yeah I, I never even saw it <laughs> It's very, very cool. I think you would have dug it. Um, I'm going to drop it you. in the chat for you, Roman. Please do. Everybody yeah, else right. can just search it. It might take 20 yeah. minutes for him to load the image, but <laughs> I liked Once Upon a Time at the End of the World. Everything but yeah. the title, probably. Um, but Aaron, <laughs> Jason Aaron, put this out. 
um it's the first i guess is boom creator owned i don't know they seem to be kind of messing with stuff that feels creator owned if it's yeah whether it is or not so this could have just as easily been an image book although it does have kind of the trappings art style of a boom book Django, would you agree i'd say the art style and the the characters are kind of boomy yeah. but also image has been doing a lot of things i mistake for boom lately so that line is getting blurred blurred this is a post-apocalyptic story we don't quite know exactly what's happened but we follow this person and they're rowing through the atomic wasteland in a city and they get to this building because their boat's got a hole in it and they meet this other kid um i spent the issue trying to decide if the kid that the person on the boat finds is a boy or a girl it becomes apparent that it's a boy by the end and the person mm-hmm. on the boat was a girl. I was hoping they were both girls because um, that was kind of how I was reading it at the beginning. Yeah. That would have been more interesting to me. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, his name's Maceo, like Maceo Parker. That's not a reference I got, but I did eventually no. see <laughs> hymns dropped in there. Yeah. Um, that's what I realized. Yeah. But I just, it has some Jason Aaron darkness, you know, like the, it, we get a kind of time jump at the end and look at kind of where things are headed and it's pretty dark but there's also just like the kind of stuff where this kid in this building where he's kind of built a safe place for himself his parents have like got this virus and are locked in this room and have just died and are rotting out on a bed together but he keeps trying to slip them food through the door because he doesn't want to admit to himself that they're dead mm-hmm. like just that type of darkness that i really like but then also some lightheartedness that jason aaron because he's also got a wonderful sense of humor um the art I like, but it is a little bit more boom-esque than I love. But then you get the final like little bit at the end is Nick Dragata art is doing the Jump to the Future stuff. And that's great. I love Nick Dragata, even though all of his people kind of look the same. What did you think of the Nick Dragata, like, or the, I guess that segment? Yeah, I mean, so we jump to the future and we realize that this kind of machine that this wonky, dumb boy that the girl finds... Uh, he made this machine and it's bringing about the end of the world and it's just like the full-on apocalypse and he's like missing an arm. I'm interested in it. Um, we've gotten a fair amount of like end of the world stuff, right? Yeah. Like, Didn't we just lately get one that were like at the end, it's like a guy and a kid and they're going to like, oh, the one with like the, the staff with the ball in it. Anyway, it's a... Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can't remember what that was called, but... Um, it's a similar, sim- do you, you're joking with me. You don't remember. That I don't one. remember at all. Okay, okay. I'll, no. I'll look at our podcast feed, what it was, but yeah. Um, I'm curious, what did you guys think about this? I thought it was pretty good. I liked the characters. I liked the tour of Maceo's building where he's like, he has, he's got a book pool, which is just a swimming pool filled with books mm-hmm. and blow up things. And he's got a river room, which is like the escalators, but flooded on the, on the lower levels. Like the food court is flooded. The safe room is all pillows. Um, and then the orchard is just this mall's vending machines stacked up. And he's been living on those. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, when I, after we talked about Truk Volt a little while mm, ago, I've been yeah. trying to assign directors to books that I haven't quite got a great tone for. Um, and for this, I would almost give it like an Edgar Wright sort of vibe. Sure. Um, you yeah. know, like uh, the what is the movie, the Scott Pilgrim movie, sort yeah. of pow, yeah. zoom, rack focus kind of stuff. We spend like four pages kind of like jumping through these fun images with fun titles of different places. Yeah, totally. I think Edgar yeah. Wright is a, is a great comparison. Also, the balance between pretty intense and also humorous at times, I think, is very yeah. Edgar Wright. I think that's a very good poll. Yeah. The book I was thinking was Behold Behemoth. Oh, which yeah, was Behold Behemoth. Behold Behemoth. Behold Behemoth. Roman, did uh, yeah. you read this one? 
Yeah, I, I really liked it too. Um, the the world building is is really good in this. I mean, I really like the building that um, Maceo lives in. Uh, it's I would have stayed there. <laughs> I would have <laughs> go out, but it, but it's cool that um, he lives on the top floors of this building. And whatever the disaster was, it's uh, flooded the world. So cities are all flooded, and at some point, people had strung up really long, rickety bridges like in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom between buildings. And that's how you get around if you don't have a boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I really like the visual of that because there's a long shot and almost all the buildings are connected by these long rickety ass bridges. I understand why that last scene was in there, uh, like f- far, far, far in the future, so far in the future that Maceo is an old man with a missing arm. I don't know that this book would be would would seem grown up enough or compelling enough without that to me. Like to, I agree. to read the next issue. Mm. But I don't love seeing that at least Maceo is gonna survive that long. You know, like now the only threat we've got is to his arm. And we know how that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I think that the what I like about it, and I think probably the big point of it is to like he's portrayed as such an oaf. And then the idea that he would become this big badass and right. be in charge and be highly efficient to be able to create this mechanism. Like, I think you kind I wouldn't say you need it, but that provided a lot more context to what the story is going to be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think your point of if that wasn't there, would I want to just read the next issue? If it's like two kids wandering through the apocalypse, it's like, oh, there's been a, a lot of those books. I would absolutely not read the next issue yeah but i probably will read the next issue mostly because i trust jason aaron but also because it's bigger than this issue that's that's me as well hey roman do you have a favorite jason aaron book can you think of many of them off the top of your head um his run on thor okay yeah that's that's phenomenal um i'm really glad to have him out of the marvel bullpen though a little bit just to like bounce back and forth the creator own back to marvel yeah because because wasn't I mean, some he was Southern Bastards, right? One half of Southern Bastards. And Scalped. That will maybe someday finish. Scalped. Um, yeah, Scalped's my favorite. You know, you know, one of the things that drew me to this book, other than Jason Aaron's name, was the awesome uh, main cover, cover A. Is because, great. Yeah, and I totally thought, is that a Jamie Hew- Hewlett cover? Because it sure looks oh, like it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Just all the kind yep. of like World War II Fallout era, era memorabilia going on there. Yeah, yeah. That was sweet. Hey Django. Um, oh, sorry, Roman. I do. I totally. Please finish. What did I give it? I gave it an eight. I went eight point five. I went seven and a half. Yeah, boys, we I are think... out of sync this week. Last week, I felt like we were all riding the same horse. I agree. Yeah, Django. I'm surprised it's not a little bit higher, just because I think you generally like well-written children. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's it's probably just the probably for me. It's just kind of the the curse of too many stories that feel like this uh, yeah, and I, in the I world totally right now agree. like if this was the first one it'd probably get a higher score that is unfortunately what i often think of as the boom curse yeah their books yeah. fall into several archetypes hey Django. what you know how like when you're feeling weird in your life i've noticed you'll get into a cell phone game yeah me or yeah. just us me you specifically right don't you like oh man i'm playing this game a lot which means something's wrong so i deleted it yeah yeah um i got one for you Oh, oh, are you going to put something, you're going to throw a monkey wrench in my life and make me get a game? I don't know if you'd actually like it or not, but I've gotten really into this phone game, Marvel Snap. Oh, I've heard heard about about this. I've heard about it. It is awesome. It takes like three minutes to play. The rules are real basic, but there's a lot of variation. And uh, 
I like it. I like nice. it. Um, it's a comic book affiliated thing. If anyone's playing Marvel Snap, let me know. Hit me up. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I just want to throw that out there as a fun comic book thing. Uh, I've been I've been playing a fair amount. I started about three days ago, and uh, I'm I'm enjoying myself. Can I pitch uh, the perfect video game for me? Yeah, it would be like Wordle in that there's only one a day, mm-hmm. and maybe it's a puzzle that takes you one minute. Maybe it's a puzzle that takes you ten minutes, but mm-hmm. only one a day. And in order to probably fund itself, you would need to be able to catch up. Right. So like if I came in on day 300, I'd have 300 games that I could catch up with and then I would be mm. throttled to one a day. Right. Which is what Wordle does not have going for it. Yeah. I, I need I need a game that slows me down, not speeds me up. Did you guys see the art in Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man number two? No. Is it good? No. It's awesome. Who is uh, it? It is Juan Ferreira. Oh, I like that guy. Yeah. Um, I'm going to flash a couple pictures just for our uh people on the phone call but i would just think everyone should go check this out but there is some like this is a page uh giant spider body with all the panels existing between it um this is a page very sinkovician a demon bear is the villain um and you get some pages of double page spreads that are very like jh williams the third man that that Mm -hmm. art in that first issue was what tempted me to read the next one and and after like a kind of smorgasbord of incredible art for the first like seven pages, it becomes still very stylized and good art, but more just like kind of comic book art. But there is some mm-hmm. still really, really nice stuff as it goes on. Wow. The story is fine, but the art looks really good. And I think if you are a Spider-Man fan, you like reading good Spider-Man stories. I, I don't think that there's a downside to this one i don't i'm not saying like here's a great voice for peter parker or (laughs) you know it's great action or whatever you know great villain or whatever um but it's really cool looking and it's it's an interesting story and there's some really cool cool art stuff going on there so if you're a spider-man fan uh, i got nothing negative to say about deadly neighborhood spider-man number two um batman fortress number seven Oh, this Django, book is tell still me how so it's fucking going. good, you guys. It's is there so only good. one issue left? One issue left? I feel like this was a seven issue series and they turned it into an eight issue series. Good for good for them, man. Good for Derek Robertson. Is he writing it also? No, it's Gary Widow writing it, who wrote uh Rogue One. Okay. And okay. it's it's just really pretty solid. And it's set outside of the normal universe. So in this issue we learn things like that Clark Kent's dad was kind of a war criminal or his, his grandparents were war criminals. Mm. Um, all from a hologram. Roman, and, you like that? Um, it's okay. Th- are you, reading, are you reading the book? Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't realize you were reading I, it. No, I am. It's, it's I just the one if you like th- the idea about them being war criminals. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I mean, it's different you, than usual. So that's you interesting. War criminal. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like the series. It's, been fun the last few issues they're trying to break into superman's fortress of solitude and just all of his it's it's like the break-in part of a heist movie and it's just all these cool you know things defensive they have to beat and they're very creative and they keep like because it's outside of continuity they keep like people keep dying or getting left for dead that that you wouldn't necessarily expect so Um, is this whole series I read the first issue. Aliens show up outside of Earth and everything gets locked down and Superman's nowhere to be found. Is it called mm-hmm. Batman Fortress because it's Batman and a crew trying to go find Superman because he's the only person who could defend the Earth from this? Like for the last three issues, it has been. Okay. 
so yeah i, I think I, I love that that Isn't must be that must be why that. okay yeah and that like the, the you know bat to, in order to get past crypto batman just happens to keep bacon jerky in his pouch mm. which of course like of course batman <laughs> has bacon jerky in his pouch um you know the human target's driving around there he's like i think i smell bacon jerky. <laughs> yeah <Shit>. totally <laughs> batman's coming for me yeah i this is gonna be this is gonna be a series that i'm i think i would put this kind of in the realm of superman american alien it's not that good but i think that it's a really good standalone story that gives you a a really interesting out of continuity look at batman and lex luther seems like a slightly aged up batman universe or something yeah something like, like batman universe is great for all ages this one seems like probably oh, nothing yeah, yeah. negative in there but like it, it seems like a good standalone book that you don't talk this highly about every issue of a series that often. Yeah. Um, so, so it seems like one that belongs on the shelf and you could consistently relate to people like uh, Batman universe. I think so. Like, do you, th- I don't think Roman thinks it's as good as I do. And I don't know if anybody except me and Roman are reading this. <laughs> Robertson does the art, right? <laughs> yeah. Derek Robertson's doing the art. Yeah. Yeah. Well, William Waters must be reading it or yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll really, we'll read it. The only thing I haven't liked about it is, and I can't have to remind myself, like you said, it's outside of continuity. continuity, continuity yeah, um, because I haven't liked the characterization of Batman because mm-hmm. he's not like he uses profanity and he's doesn't he's not as smart as I think he should be. And he carries Batman jerky. usually is. Okay. That's fine. There's a great scene with him and Crypto where after he gives him the jerky and then Crypto's like recognizes his scent and finally and then they're old buddies. Yeah, I guess he's not as smart about breaking in. He's just relentless. Like somebody yeah. dies in a booby trap and he says, no, we keep moving forward. Like we we have to yeah. get through this because there's no choice. Yeah. 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 Scores? Eight and a half. Um, I gave it I gave it a seven. Okay. Nice. Hey Django, are you still reading Vanish? I am, are you? Yeah, where are you at with it? I think I like it. I think it's still good. The art is still amazing. The art is still um, awesome it sometimes goes a little bit into like generic 90s yeah. art you know like when there's a scene when like they go to like deacon guy or whatever and he's like i was like oh wow these some of these pages look like not awesome 90s art and then the other stuff looks like awesome 90s art but anyway that, that's that's i know yeah i haven't had any complaints there yeah it's i mean not a complaint. Uh, when when you go visit his wife it feels like frank miller or sorry uh uh spawn guy what the fuck is Ulo? his name no, the, the 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 main spawn guy. Oh, McFarland. McFarland. Yeah. <laughs> wow, dude. You know, uh, we're all guy. fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it looks like really stock McFarland wife drawings to me. Um, but I happen to really like those panels in in the McFarland books. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels a little less special to me than it did right out of the gate in this issue. Um, but there's still some interesting world building. There's a pretty exciting, pretty cool fight scene where he beats somebody that he shouldn't be able to beat. Um, and I really like the reveal of the character on the last page. I love the art so, a lot. That was particularly like Spawn esque, right? Like, yeah, here's a silhouette and sh- shrouded in shadows. Roman, are you reading this book? I am, and it's funny. That, I mean, that we're only three issues in, but the last two issues picking them up i was like ah should i keep on continuing with this you know i don't really remember anything and then i read then i get in the issue i'm like oh yeah this is good yeah 
I like the first issue a lot. I think I've liked each one a little bit less. I think they did some amazing world building in the first issue. Mm -hmm. And the art has been my favorite part of issues two and three, which is why I'll be like spot checking ones spots where I don't like the art as much because mm -hmm. they it's been very straightforward these last two issues, but it's also been kind of confusing as well. Like, and some of it is me not remembering exactly what happened before, but I'm like, okay, these characters, who are these characters? Like, why does, why is he so fucked up on pills and all this stuff? Or like this vanished character was a bad guy. He's impersonating. Cause there was a group that like they were, it's, I, I could use another issue that did world building rather than, uh, kind of like strict character stuff like we've been getting because I'm mm -hmm. kind of forgetting what the purpose of this is, um, what the motivation is, whose team I should be on. Um, do, you, you should know, be on the junkies team in this one. Generally. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, I like Donnie Kate's writing. I like Stegman's art. I hope that they're just having a lot of fun really enjoying this, but I, I want, I want to feel as excited about the story as I felt about the first issue, but I, I do like yeah. all of it. That but, first issue with the kind of Harry Potter gun reveal, that was, I don't want to say it was groundbreaking, but it was something I'd never seen before. It was just a great, like, Harry Potter, Hell, or sorry, Harry Potter, um, Highlander, Spawn, mm -hmm. kind of marriage of all these things. And I like that. And here we've just been kind of like, all right, we did that. Now follow this stuff through. And it's like, well, keep adding to it. Like, Donnie Cage, yeah. you've got it. I know you can. Like, he's yeah. so, um, but I do love that it's just kind of a big love letter to 90s comics and Todd McFarlane so and it looks so much like my favorite Joe Casada art mm -hmm. like the the magician guy's hair that's just like straight up Casada style hair that's I love the page that shit. specifically where like it looks like just like the heavy shadows um yeah. and like the color specifically looked less like Stegman to me and more like kind of just like the authority or something yeah yeah Still my favorite style of hair. And oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think for the rest of it, a lot, <coughs> excuse me, a lot of credit should go to Sonia Oback, who's doing the colors. Mm -hmm. I think I think she's enhancing his art even beyond what we normally get from Ryan Stegman. Yep. I agree. 8. I give it 6.5. I give it 6. 5. Whoa. Romy Dome? 7.5. 7.5, 7.5, 8.5. 5. Were, uh, were you guys grumpy when you were reading your comics? Did I just uh, read them so long ago that I forgot that they're not very good? <laughs> it, it was like... <sighs> There, you know, it was um, it wasn't like a stellar week of comics. There was things I was exciting about that maybe underperformed a little bit. Also, it was Thanksgiving, so like you know, comics a little bit on the back burner for me in the last week, just with never, all the family that I've been around. Never read your comics on a full stomach, people. That's true. Yeah. Do you guys finish? Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys finish Dark Spaces Wildfire number five? No, I saw final it issue four and five. Oh, is it great? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. I loved two and three. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, but I'll say hey, it's good. I'll, I'll I'll take my headphones off. You guys talk about it because we've talked about them in the issues. You should All talk right. about it. Yeah. All right. What, do we just wave at him when we want him to come back, or is it yeah, like I guess uh, so. some yeah. sort of? Yeah. So this issue, we see kind of the resolution of the double cross that happened at the, the end of the last issue, and like the friends are friends by the end, and also probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they're gonna maybe make it out possibly well i'd like them to <laughs> yeah we want them to we don't know and oh man it's so fascinating how they structured this this what was it six five issues each issue being framed by different stages of a fire that yeah was, that was so clever yeah yeah that was pretty neat yeah yeah i think it's i think this is going to be an amazing trade paperback to to put in people's hands yeah 
Oh, it'd be awesome if they did some kind of uh, uh, flames effect where you like open the flame. Well, I don't know what they call that. Where you open the flames and it's like a half like cardboard embossed thing, and you open that, and then it's the actual cover. Oh yeah, yeah, like a like a die cut cover. Yeah, yeah, die cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I think this is good stuff. I think the whole story is amazing, and I hope Jeff reads the last two issues. I hope so too. You want really to take should. bets on whether he will? He will. It might take you know. 30 year. years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you, what would you give this one, Roman? Oh, um, I gave it 8.5. Though it could be nice. a nine. I'm, I'm going to go 8.5 with you. I'm, yeah, I'm with okay. you, let's, buddy. Let's do our 8.5. 8.5? Yeah. All right. You think Jeff's going to be jealous? It's the first two scores that have matched all day. All day. Well, well, let's not tell him. Okay. <laughs> Jeff. Oh, he's hey, not Jeff. looking at, the, he's not looking at the screen. Jeff. Jeff. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Jeff. Jeff, I'm back, guys. Oh, hey, buddy. How did Dark, Dark, Dark Wildfire go? Uh, we both gave it very different scores. Honest. Can I hear your scores? <laughs> oh, he's on to oh, us. Uh, we uh, gave it an eight point <laughs> five each. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> Good for that book. I'm really, really pumped about that. Uh, on the topic of Hayden Sherman, are you guys yeah. reading Detective Comics and or <laughs> did you read the backup that he's doing the art in? Read them both on the pot today. Roman, you're not reading Detective. I'm not. I think Rom you'd like v, it. I think you'd like it too. Yeah, I read the first couple and then I, I don't know, I, I fell off. It is one of the most peculiar instances of me having a hard time remembering issue by issue what's going on in this story. Like I, yeah. more actively than most comics, I piece together what happened before it as I'm reading it. Me too. I, yeah, and I don't know. And Sean had a similar feeling. He was like, yeah, this, but this issue kind of really got it back on track. And yeah, to sum up, I think that, Batman, Batman. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's this Jim family, Gordon called, there's this family called the Orgums, and it's yep. probably who Arkham is related to, and they own Arkham Asylum's land, and they're reclaiming it. So there's some kind of gothic storytelling going on with them. And they blew it up. They blew it up. Or, yeah, they're tearing it down right now because it was blown yeah. up in Fear State. Um, no, they they demolish it with explosives in this issue. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And, um. <clears throat> and Two Face is there, and he's been he's purified himself of his Two Face personality, but it's still a, kind of like a toxic toxic voice he hears. But he's in charge of it. Um, but, but he's he gone to, undercover. Yeah, he has to pretend that he's bad Two Face to be running a gang right now. But he's also been possessed by this thing that can like see everything that he sees as well. Like, and then the backup stories are are come from the perspective of the Two Face voice inside of him. I really like the way that they're writing that sort of like toxic personality within him. Yeah. It's like when Venom is done well. Right. Um, but the Hayden Sherman art there is great. This issue did not have art by Raphael. No, Ra Albuquerque. Yeah, Raphael Albuquerque. No, but the art was awesome. I thought so, too. I thought it. I think I almost preferred it. Like this almost had some like Kyle Hotz vibe we were talking about earlier. The werewolf stuff for sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. I've, like I've been recent Danny Mickey. Yeah. Like classic team up. Yeah. So it's hard to remember, but the art is gorgeous and it is a good story. It does kind of jump around a little bit. Um, Rom V is such an interesting writer. Yeah. I like his stories. I like his plotting. I don't always love reading his comics issue to issue. I do think they work pretty well as a grouped thing. 100%. But the covers in this are absolutely incredible. I think it's a pretty good Batman book. I think we're lucky, luckily getting some really good Batman books coming out right now. I really liked in the last issue, Batman gets in a fight on a boat with a werewolf <laughs> and almost drowns. 
Mm-hmm. Was it wasn't it the werewolf that was fighting him? He fights in the werewolf water, in I think? this one for sure. Uh, yeah, maybe he was just a big a tough guy. Get, yeah. Anyway, he gets in a fight and drowns, and Gordon saves him and brings him back to the Bullock and Gordon investigations office and makes the person that's helping him patch Batman up turn off all the lights so he can bandage his face to protect his identity. And when he does it, he says, I think I know who it is, but I just don't want to know for sure. You know what yeah. I mean? I love. I that. thought that was just a really cool little bit of Gordon's character psyche. work between yeah. the two of them, but only with one of them. But it speaks to like why Batman would trust Gordon so much, you know, like it strengthens their relationship yeah. because he's like, no, I actually don't have to worry. This guy doesn't want to know who else right. would not want to see my face. You know, I can slouch and pooch out my my belly a little bit around this guy if I want. Yeah, Exactly. I can eat a whole yeah. bunch of beans before midnight, before all the weight goes elsewhere. <laughs> Uh, and the cliffhanger in this issue is Batman frozen solid, which is fucking, fucking fuck. Mr. Freeze lights off some ice bombs and Batman gets frozen in ice. Yeah. And yeah. kind of it's what's fun. been happening, I feel like a fair amount with Batman lately is like cliffhangers like that, where then the first bit of the next issue is him getting out of it, like the first page yeah. or so. It's like it's, alias. Yeah. Yeah. But like between this and the Chips at Arsky one. It sounds like a bunch one, of cold one, oh, sorry. It sounds like one bad day for Batman. Oh, ah. Ah, segue <laughs> to last week's episode. <laughs> um, but I gave it an 8.0. I think it's a very good Batman book that's coming out, and um, its shortcomings I think are strictly related to me reading a billion comics a month. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven and a half, and its shortcomings are probably exactly the same, but I'm gonna punish it by half a point anyway. I love it. Uh, you guys got anything else before we get out of here? I've got a couple books left, but nothing necessarily worth talking about. Yeah. I'm enjoying the 06 protocol from Aftershock, which is a weird thing to say out loud. Was that issue number one that came out this week? It was issue two. It's just like this woman whose husband was part of a government experiment that could turn him into a killer. And and she's got some amount of that. And she's on the run with her kids and their friend. And yeah, like it's it's nothing super special. Like it'd be it would be a good like NBC TV show that I would watch three seasons of or something. But it's Mm -hmm. not doesn't feel like the best comic ever but i'm i'm digging it the art's interesting and the story is compelling but yeah man i that's pretty much everything that i read that's worth uh chatting about this week roma dope anything in there mm, oh nothing i read a bunch of other stuff uh nothing particularly stands out uh defenders beyond last oh. issue of that by al ewing that cover was gorgeous how'd that thing wrap up it was it was good i mean it, the whole series is i'm not totally sure i get it <laughs> all but it's all about the house of ideas and creativity and mystical stuff and beautiful art so sounds like something i'd fucking love did they ever get around to like dumping over some ink buckets and turning the whole thing brown for an issue or anything huh no no they didn't do that curious what that means well it's all like cmyk themed oh and i was wondering if like house of ideas was into the sapia tones yeah or if like maybe there was going to be a disaster that turned everything dull and brown Looking like a Dark Horse comic from the 90s. We have fun nope. met a little bit, nope. Dan. And by Dan, I mean Django. Dan they kept our colors. <laughs> well, Are you comparing me to Dan Didio? I'll take it. I would never compare you to anybody. You're uncomparable. Ew. Um. Well, in that case, everybody, send us an email. Send us a voicemail. Do it to Jeff at thecomicsplace.com. If you're listening to this point in the podcast, you owe us. And the tax man's <laughs> come to pay. Uh, but we actually just brings us a lot of joy. So we would love it if you did. Uh, thank you, Will, for doing that. As always, thank you to Andrew for editing this mess. 
We'll be seeing you for the next two weeks, but then you will be going on a three-week hiatus of the comic shop boys. I think we're on the precipice of a bunch of kind of big-name books coming out. I feel like December is going to have some big stuff. Uh, Batman Spawn's a- somewhere in there. Dude, I got pretty excited for that book while reading Vanish. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for that. It's a big one-shot. It's written by Tom McFarlane. Capullo McFarlane art. Yeah. I like Batman and Spawn together. Give me it. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Sounds I don't know that me. that'll be the big one. But uh, but yeah, yeah, we're going to be 295 and then 296 and we'll take three weeks off and then we'll be coming back for pretty close to 300. Wow. Should we do an all Frank Miller's 300 episode for episode 300? I've just talked about the the classic book. Oh, really? Yeah. I love the movie. I guess we should all read it then and watch it. Have you not read it, Roman? Oh, I've read it. Oh, okay. I'm I'm just getting excited for that absolute multiversity coming out so we can record a podcast about it. Maybe get Justin back in the saddle. Who knows? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, he just dropped off his podcast stuff this week. Oh, nice. Maybe, maybe for the 300th episode, we should all talk like Frank Miller for the entire episode. I can't do a Fred Miller. Shut up, Fred whore. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, it was great talking to you two boys. I'm excited to see you again. Hey, listen, the comic shop's open on Mondays now. We're going back yeah. to seven days a week. We're going to do that through the holiday season. So come in and see us. I'll be there on Mondays. Um, and until next time, I am always am Jeff and keep watching the skies. And I'm Roman and uh, keep keep uh, swimming in the seas. And I'm Django. And oh, I already did that joke, didn't I? Do you have any uh, questions I'm totally on your unprepared. mind, Django? Yeah, I was I was wondering. Yeah. Would you guys like to see Terry Moore doing Ronin 2? Yeah. Okay. I would sure. love that. that. Easy. We had somebody come to the comic shop and buy a $600 CG seed comic, first appearance of The Vision. Mhm. Wow. Uh and then ask everyone that works at the shop to autograph the case in Sharpie. What? Uh, so, so Roman, when you get into work on Tuesday, you got <laughs> you a project. Autograph that. But, um, but we had nothing to do with that issue. <laughs> We sold it to the guy, though. I didn't. Oh, okay. It's a uh, it's it's a pedigreed comic book now. Yeah. Well, you know, it is. I, I guess I can reveal here. Yeah, my my writer pseudonym is Roy Thomas. So. Oh. Look at that. I thought he it just was whipped out of Roy Thomas. On something this. Sinclair. <laughs> Logan Sinclair. Jasmine no, that, that's, Sinclair. That's, that's... <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. Bye. Oh, I just dropped a porn star name on the podcast. <laughs> is that who that is? Jasmine I Sinclair. Think so.